Good friends, one on, over here on the right, one on the left. One of the silver, one Switch the whole, this the whole thing. Good morning. How are you? All right, brother. How are you making good, that, good, man? Good, good, good. Looks like them Phillies going to make it, man. Yeah. Nine games to go. I don't know if uh, it's a peppermint because I got to speak today. got to keep my mouth good. You want one? Does he about to have a peppermint? Um, I'm about to get him an apple. He's going to give you an apple. You want an apple? Apple's good. He's going to give you an apple. Yeah, I'm going to get him an apple, yo. Hold on. Come on, Austin. Austin. Thank mm -hmm. you. 
It worked. Master. I think it's a master. Limitless league. The slave and then the master.
Mr. Ray, he'll be on that. I'll turn it on. Oh, at that time. Yeah, I got you. Thank you. 
Ramadan. So that became a path to slave. There you go. Oh, so you did the the the, the watch last, right? 
moaning. Turn them on. It's on. It should be. Lord, I thank you and praise you, Lord God, for passing 
Good morning, family. Good morning. Welcome to Harvest. Amen. Welcome to Harvest, family. We need to give God some praise. He woke this morning. Amen. There's many who didn't have this opportunity. You know, we came in this morning, me and my wife, and she just came off of work in the overnight. So we we have to honor God every time we have the opportunity. And on our way in this morning, we stopped and get some coffee. And there was a gentleman here, a homeless gentleman. But we don't even know if he was homeless, right? Then at that time, we didn't have no place to go. And my wife, Because I know I could be 
patients or not even here at all because of life I live. And many of us could attest to that because they know what we do. But I say this to you today, where you at now is not where you're going to stay. Where you at now is not where you're going to stay because God has a plan for each and every one of our lives. So we need to be happy and praising God and giving thanks for every opportunity. The best so I know where he's taking me and so much more. And the thing is, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's about the lives and the people that he's going to allow me to touch. Because they need what we got. Our testimonies, our experience, our situations that we've been through. Some people are going through those same situations and they don't know how they're going to get through. But through your world, through your testimony, it's going to give them that opportunity. He said, greater works will you do through the words of your testimony. Right. He had one testimony. Each and every one of us got our own testimony. And there's lives that's connected to you. See, I can't share my testimony with the people you know. Because that might not be what they need. Uh-huh. They need your testimony. God connected them to you for you to share your testimony with them. And that's how greater works will we do. That's how we're going to make a difference in the kingdom. That's how we're going to change lives. That's why I'm excited. I'm excited about what God is doing here at Harvard. Pastor Bruce, there's lives that's connected to you. Elderly, there's lives. Mr. Doreen, every single one of us here, there's lives connected to us through your worship to me. Through your love for people, for just in my life. And just so much through your labor, your servitude, the love. There's so much. And sometimes we don't realize that we place ourselves like, I don't need nothing. No, yes, you do. You play a major role in the kingdom, you just don't realize it. Because it's not based on how the world sees it. And sometimes we don't see monetary rewards. We don't see recognition sometimes. But if we're doing it for the recognition, God is going to recognize it. God does recognize it. And all the things that you need, He's going to provide for you. And that's the thing sometimes we miss that. We look for recognition from man, we look for monetary. No, it's not that. God has a plan for each and every one of us. We just got to do our part. So I'm excited about what God is doing. I want you guys to be excited because he's doing it in your lives. Each and every again. one of us are here for a reason. It's not by chance. It's been purpose and ordained God did it again. For us to be here at this time. It's stopped on Facebook. I don't know why he's doing that. So with that, I'm going to step aside and I'm going to allow Pastor Stedman to share the word that God has placed on his life for his people. Open your hearts, open your eyes, and receive the Lord. Amen. Amen. Pastor Stedman is coming forward. Good morning, good morning, Faith Harvest. Amen. 
that, that we, I want to welcome all those who are viewing in in the digital media land, Facebook, Facelight. I was trying to get you to look up there. But first, I want to, uh, you know, something that Pastor Rob talked about today. Mm -hmm. doing hits on today. I was on this at one time. And, you know, I was wishing and hoping that somebody would reach their hand out to me. They, when, when people see a homeless person, they think we're diseased. Then we got. You know, we're dirty or there's something wrong with us. But thank God I had one person that reached out to me. And if it wasn't for that person, I wouldn't be where I'm standing here today. Amen. So God bless uh, God and God bless all of what he does and continues to do in each and every one of our lives. Let's give him a big hand, praise the Hallelujah. 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 Before we get, I could start on my message too. We'd like to wish you a happy birthday, Miss Elvira. She does so much for this ministry. I gave her a message this morning. Give you those words. She's a wonderful person. Yes, she is. She calls me her her little brother. <laughs> you know, we clash like sister and brother all the time. But when we clash. We always come to a great understanding of what needs to be done. And I appreciate your help since I've known you of. Amen. Let us pray. Glorious Trinity, make your presence known in this place through our worship, our prayer, the reading of your word. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, within whose unity lies all that is you perfect love, justice, peace, and power. As we gather here today, your body, your church, throughout this world, fill our outstretched hearts with your spirit, encircle us with your love, make yourself known to us in new ways, exciting ways, challenging ways, empower us, inspire us, glorious trinity, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, I got two scriptures that I'm going to uh, come out of today. I'm going to read them both before we get into the word. If you all would turn your Bibles to Psalm 146, this is uh, one of my favorite uh, Psalms. And uh, since we, after right, the last breakfast we had, we talked about salt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Today I'm going to talk about light. So let's read this uh, Psalm 146, and I'm coming out of the King James Version. It says, Praise ye the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, will I praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. His breath goeth forth, he returneth to his earth. In that very day, his thoughts perish. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God, which made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that therein is, which keepeth truth forever, which executed judgment for the oppressed, 
which giveth food to the hungry. The Lord looseth the prisoners. The Lord openeth the eyes of the blind. The Lord raiseth them that are bowed down. The Lord loveth the righteous. The Lord preserveth the strangers. He reliveth the fatherless and widow. But the way of the wicked he turneth upside down. Then the Lord shall reign forever. Even thy God, O Zion, unto all generations. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. And the second scripture, which will tie, these both will tie into my message today. If you want to turn your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke. We're going from chapter 16, 19 through 31. There was a certain rich man, which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared scrumptiously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us, that would come from thence. And he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. You know, I, I, I thought when I was writing this message, which is, I had entitled it, Question. How do we avoid eternal torment and get to his life? Every guy's remember the movie Ghost. You know about the movie Ghost. And at the end of the movie, which was, ties into what I'm talking about today, Patrick Swayze, who played the good guy, trying to find out who killed his... Uh, Kill him. He found out at the end that the evil guy died. And what happened? The evil guy got pulled off by all these people in black screaming in evil torment. Wow, Patrick Swayze was swept up by the angel and went to God. Which brings me to a certain scripture of what we're talking about here today. Today's gospel, Jesus tells us about two men 
Now the first man, he was living his best life. He was wealthy, Pastor Bruce. He wore the latest fashions. But he was his life was awesome. He was pretty much a continuous party. Now the other man, his name was Lazarus, was completely the opposite. He was poor. He was sick. And so his life was a time of suffering. Eventually, both of these men died. Also, this is a unique thing that I figured out here. This is the only parable in which Jesus gives a character name. The only parable. Which means to me that it must have been important. The poor man is called Lazarus, which means God helps. And while he is physically poor, he is spiritually rich. My friends, we quickly learn that Lazarus received an angel escort to Abraham's son. This is the special treatment that Christ gives to those who believe in him. The rich man went to a place of torment. Jesus called it Hades. And we also call this place hell. This is the place where those who reject Christ and his gifts. This place is so bad that the rich man merely asked for a drop of water on a fingertip. What kind of torture can this be if a finger that is damp with water is a source of mercy? Abraham then reinforced the total hopelessness of this situation. He said, between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able, and none may cross from there to us. So once you're in hell, you can't get to the other side. You cannot cross that line. Even if Lazarus wanted to help the rich man, he could not. The rich man's eternity was seen. Now the man who was suffering in Hades has some brothers. And he desperately wants to warn them so that they will not spend eternity with him in the place of torment. Folks, this brings us to the question of how do we avoid that situation and get that evil escort into the marvelous light toward paradise. Jesus. Now, my brothers and sisters, we all want that to answer that question. We don't want to suffer forever, and we certainly don't want our loved ones to suffer either. Amen. My friends, to understand how to find this one, let's talk about one. In the book 101 Important Words About Jesus, I showed that to you the other day in the book. The word light is defined as the God-given illumination by which we see physical reality and spiritual truth. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 12, I am the light of this world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. 
So let me ask the question, what is significant about this idea that Jesus is the true light and that he gives the light of light to his followers? First, I want to give you three quick thoughts about light. The first one is light precedes order. When the Bible begins, the universe is described as being in chaos and engulfed in darkness, which explains why in just the third verse of Genesis, God creates light in order to push back the darkness and begin the beautiful creation process. The second one is light revealed. You know, portrait photographers, they fuss over filters and umbrella reflectors and warm fill lighting. Why? Because extremely bright light shows everything that there that there's there, and oftentimes what there is anything but flatter. So I understand at nighttime, if you don't know where you're going, you can't see. You stuck your toe in your right there. I've done it. And I do it in my own apartment, I should know where everything is. But the light reveals, so when you find a switch, you turn on the light, and you can see. The third point is light guides. Our swollen toes, which I just talked about, and our bruised shins, though this to evolve too well. Even if our brains tend to forget it in the dead of night. Now I want you to listen to this, folks. To a world shrouded in spiritual darkness, God offered light that first Christmas in the person of Jesus Christ. And there was a star above him that shone that light down. He offers that light still to all of us. For us, that means two things. One, our chaotic lives have the potential to become beautiful in Christ. Jesus will, if we ask him to, come and shine the bright light of his truth into our lives and begin to order it. No wonder we Christians sometimes act like spiritual cockroaches, scurrying from the light of eternal truth and hiding in the shadows. Is that one of you out there today? Well, I got great news for you. I'm going to show you how to get to that light. Listen, my dear friends, light is necessary. Until we see our problems clearly, we will never think to ask for help. Is that right, Pastor Bruce? If you don't see that you have a problem or an issue in your life, how are you going to find God's light unless you ask for help? The second way is we can find our way home. See, Jesus isn't a good shepherd. He's a good shepherd with a big flashlight. William Barclay put it like this. He said, without Jesus, we are like men broken on an unknown road in a blackout. With him, the way is clear. 
to a darkened world with great hopes and even greater needs, God gave the greatest gift at Christmas, the gift of his son, the gift of life. So let me ask the question, are you tired of stumbling in the dark? Would you like to see? The answer to both of these questions is we need to turn to Jesus. Now in today's gospel, Jesus also said that those who are hungry and weep now will be full and will laugh. In the age to come, while the well-fed now will be hungry. The rich man's final request is for someone to warn his brothers who also walk past the poor and needy. You know, this is funny because Rob was talking about this this morning. His wife was there. Stretched out her hand to that needy person. I wonder how many people passed him before Rob and Francesca got there. Just calmly through and, and with that same hardness of heart that he did. So what is the key? What is the key to finding your life? How do we get out of eternal torment and walk toward the shining light of heaven in Jesus? Well, there are two steps we must take, and they're very important. First is the proclamation of forgiveness. It proclaims the righteous life of Christ, his suffering, his death, and his resurrection. It proclaims that because Jesus is true man, he was able to take our place and absorb the punishment for our sin unto himself. It proclaims that because Jesus is true God, our salvation is made sure and certain by the almighty power of God himself. For the sake of Jesus Christ, true God and true man, we have the love, the comfort, and assurance that he gives us as he offers us the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. And the second thing that we must do, which is the most important, is the proclamation of repentance, which proclaims God's wrath against our sin and urges us to seek forgiveness for those sins. The proclamation of repentance removes even the slightest hint that we can, in any way, Earn even the smallest fraction of our own salvation. True repentance understands that we are in our own power, are totally condemned before God. All we have earned is the right to join the rich man in the eternal torment of Hades. The proclamation of repentance forces us to look outside ourselves for our salvation. Now, folks, from the torment of Hades, this rich man desperately wanted 
his brothers to hear the proclamation of repentance and the forgiveness of sins. But if he didn't already, those two didn't already know, they pretty much, they were in the same boat as his brother. And in his desire for the salvation of his brothers, he decided to ask Abraham to send Lazarus to make a proclamation. And Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. This is where we learn that when we hear Moses and the prophets, that is, when we hear God's word, we hear the proclamation of repentance and the forgiveness of sins. You see, the rich man in Hades thought that the proclamation would be even more powerful if it was delivered by a man who's returned from the dead. He said, no, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But right here is where we hear something truly amazing. Abraham replied, if, he, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. So basically, they dug their own hole in their mind. These words teach us that even the testimony of someone back from the dead is not as powerful as the Word of God. Folks, the rich man basically hoped that someone rising from the dead would convince his brothers to repent and avoid torment. Now, this may sound amazing, but we have two real examples in the Bible that demonstrates this truth. The first was Lazarus was risen from the dead by Jesus. And, of course, the second was Jesus himself. But guess what? The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes still rejected Jesus after witnessing these miracles. They thought it was sorcery. But it wasn't. And my dear friends, Abraham's warning in Luke 16.31 today is prophetic. If we refuse to see that the law and the prophets point to Jesus, We'll reject him despite the evidence. Sure. So let me invite you today. I challenge you. I challenge you today to open your eyes and see the truth of Jesus. I'm not talking about the physical eyes of looking, right, Elder? But the believing and carry eyes of seeing the truth. Where does the truth lie? And that truth will get you to the light that doesn't blind. We can see through the light. We can't stare at the sun but when we go to the light of Jesus, we can see through. And it says in Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 32, For I take no pleasure in the death of anyone, 
declares the sovereign Lord. Repent and live. Even in the Old Testament, God was telling them, repent and live. Now, I read an article, and everybody knows I'm an avid reader, I'm always reading, whether it's magazines or books. But I read an article in a magazine called Cosmos. And that was written, and the executive uh, editor was Carl Sagan. He also had a show, but he was talking about the Russian cosmonaut, cosmonaut Yuri Gagarin. Gagarin. Now, after Yuri became the first man in space, this is all a true story, he parachuted into the Russian countryside. And a forum woman spotted the orange-clad cosmonaut still wearing his helmet and dragging two parachutes. And she said, can it be that you have come from outer space? She asked him in surprise. And he replied, as a matter of fact, I have. But folks, Soviet leaders sadly turned the historic flight into space and anti-religious propaganda. Gargara went to space, they said, but he didn't see any God there. That was what their premier said. And as C.S. Lewis so eloquently observed, he said, those who do not find God on earth are unlikely to find him in space. And the moral of this story is quite simple. Jesus warned us about ignoring God in this time. The parable Jesus told us today about the two men who died, the rich man who had no time for God, and Lazarus, a destitute man, rich in faith. There's that word, faith. You've got to have faith. In torment, the rich man continued to plead with Abraham for his brothers still on earth, but Abraham, as I said before, he cut right to the chase. Did not listen to Moses and the prophets. It's too late then. They should have known. They were, they were convinced that if someone rises from the dead, <laughs> well, Oswald Chambers wrote it very simply. He said, seeing is never believed. We interpret what we see in the light of what we believe. You see, my friend, God's Word is the means that the Holy Spirit uses to bring people to faith. It is through God's Word that the Holy Spirit gives us the faith that repents and receives the forgiveness of sin. We talked about salt. Couple weeks ago at our breakfast, and how we get the flavor of the salt, how it preserves. And I'm forgetting a couple, but there was also the light. So, how do we get the flavor back? How do we walk towards God's eternal life? Listen, give your life to Jesus. It will lead you. It may not happen overnight, 
It may not happen tomorrow, it may not happen as quickly as you would like because we're on God's time. But I trust you when I tell you, when you come to God and ask for his help, he's there to help you. I'm a witness to that. I can tell you my testimony. Some of you don't know what some of you do. I came home from the military. A tough time in my life. I spent 20 years in the military and was in combat in Afghanistan twice and Iraq once. I seen a lot. A lot that I didn't want to see. Coming home was very tough for me. Being able to shift from the military side to the side of civilian. So I had PTSD too. But I didn't know what was wrong with me. So I started drinking to medicate myself. So I didn't think about all those things that were going on. And in the process, I came home. My wife, the ex-wife who I was sending my money to, she decided not to pay the bills. So I lost the house. I lost everything. Where was I going from? I went out on the streets. Had no choice. And I kept drinking, and people would see me in the gutter, and they just walked by me. That really helped me. I was talking about that earlier. If it wasn't for him, I would not have gotten to the uh, DCHV, Delaware Center for Homeless Veterans. I would not have been there to be able to transition my life to where I am now. As of September 27, I will be four years in my apartment. God save me. Thank you, Lord. Four years. I wanted it right away. But I reached out to God. And God said, I have something for you. Because if I had went to that apartment before everything was straight, I had my my social security disability straight, my military disability straight. He wanted me to go in there so that I didn't fall on my face again. And that's what happened to me. Four years now. I found God. I started a, a Bible study with the veterans in my apartment. And I thought that was it for God. <laughs> I got something better for you. And that's why I found God in the Word. Started me on my own church, and as everybody knows, I continued up here with Pastor Raymond D. Williams. And this has been a tremendous family, and I thank each and every one of you for your support. Thank you. You know, I've been, roughly, I think it's about two years now, Rob, I've been here. Three? Okay, you're better than me with calculation, I think. Three years, okay. Yes, three years. And I thought I knew what God was calling me to be. And it didn't take about two months ago when the devil was attacking me so bad. Things were coming up from my past that shouldn't have been coming up. 
but they did. I knew in my heart that wasn't me anymore, so it really didn't bother me, but it could affect others. I had to lay low for a while. I had to sit and meditate with the Lord and talk to him. He talked to me all right. And now I understand what Dr. Williams has been saying from the beginning, that you have to do what God has called you to do, to move the big. I know what I'm supposed to do now. And the things that are coming, like our veterans group, and some other things that I have floating in my head right now, that I haven't said anything about yet, because God says it's not going to But the things are coming along. And I'm seeing that vision now. Hallelujah. That's what I'm talking about of getting to God's marvelous life. He said something to me the other day that rang true in me. When he sat down and was talking to somebody that was helping us at the church, and he said, This man here is a tremendous man. I'm not taking that from him. It's all him. It has nothing to do with me. I'm just a messenger. But you always see that light in my eyes. And she saw, and Elder saw it from me from the beginning. But she, we just talked on the phone, and she could see that I had that something in, in the phone. It took a while I got to pass the bridge, I didn't. <laughs> but I kept trying, and I kept pushing, and I kept pushing. And now I'm in a better place. Thank the Lord for that. Amen. You see, my friends. God, like I said, God's words is the means that the Holy Spirit uses to bring us to Him. It is through God's word that the Holy Spirit gives us the faith that repents and receives the forgiveness of sins. So my prayer for you today is just this. Three words. Repent and live. Stop seeing the darkness of torment that Satan provides and see and believe the Lord of, of the light, Jesus. You can walk away from that darkness, but you have to get rid of what's behind you first. You have to get rid of it. You have to admit that you have a problem. And I'm, not, I'm talking to you out there as well. You have to admit to have a problem. You cannot move forward if you still got money to the bank. You gotta get rid of it. And the only way to get rid of it is to follow God's eternal right. It's harder to come from behind than it is forward. You know, the old story, you take two steps forward, three steps back. We only take the three steps back because it's gonna be harder for us to get back to where we were. If you can do all of these things, your salvation is secure. You will walk with Abraham. Then you will enjoy eternity with the light of the world, Jesus Christ. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10, for godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation, not to be regretted. 
But the sorrow of the world produces death. My friends, faith without works is dead. We're seeing all these things that are going on, and it's true right here in Corinthians. It says the world produces death. The same Satan's never going to change his ways. He knows every little thing that gets him. He knows those triggers. He knows those buttons to push. He even pushes them with me, really. And there isn't a day that goes by me, and I'm a, I'm, I'm a recovering alcoholic, praise God. Amen. Every morning I wake up, it doesn't go away. I still have that urge. But if I didn't have Jesus in my life, following his word, following his life, I would be back where I started. And that's not where I want to be. Anything, brothers and sisters, we can take out of this thing. Faith, gospel, and the psalm reading teaches us that there is a real hell to be avoided and a real heaven to be designed. It teaches us that if we truly love people, we will warn them about hell and urge them to repent. It's our job. It's not just leadership's job. The pastors, the elders, the deacons, everybody. If you truly believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and his word, then our job is to take that word to them. That's what God, Jesus said in the Great Commission. Take my word throughout the world. Everybody in the kingdom has a job to do. We need to tell them about the forgiveness of sins that Jesus earned for us with his suffering and death. He took the penalty for what we did. We are born into this world as sinners. The church is a hospital for sinners. When we make mistakes, we have to forgive and repent. And the slate will be quite clean. And this is the way that Christ's church follows his teachings. And proclaims repentance and forgiveness of sins. It does not matter what you have done. If you're rich or poor, what race or what cultural differences we have. God loves us all the same. But the key to the kingdom is free. All you have to do is three things. And at the end of this, I'm going to ask for those who want to do these three things to come forward. First of all, declare Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. That's number one. Ask for forgiveness of your sins and repent. If you want Jesus to take your life, 
to get you through your life, get you through your issues. This is the way God. Get that right, brother. Remember the gates into God's presence. They're open for everyone and remain open, inviting us to come and worship. There's no take a number, like when you go into the supermarket and says, take a number. Ain't no number. That, them gates are open, and everybody's walking in and walking in to the Lord. The last words of Abraham in today's story tells us that all of this only comes through God's word. The proclamation of the word of God by even the closest of preachers which can be the occasion, is better than the proclamation of anything else, even if it be by an angel from heaven or someone risen from the dead. This is, my dear friends, this is important. For God loves to restore life to this creation. When Jesus came to earth, he healed many physical needs. Restoring people's health. But greater than physical healing, Jesus came to restore our spiritual brokenness. He opened eyes to the truth. He ministered to the poor in spirit and restored believers to righteousness. So let me ask the question. Have you experienced healing from your brokenness? I'm living proof. I'm spiritually broken. I was down and out. But I put my hand out and said, God, I need you. And he pulled me right out of that prison. That's what this is all about. God's marvelous light. Well, I'm going to say to you today, if you are feeling broken right now, I want you to bring it to the gentle healer. And that's Jesus. And know that he will restore you fullness. Friends, it is the word of God that brings us to proclamation of repentance and forgiveness of sin. Real simple. Two things. There's no cost to enter heaven. None. You have it. You have it. All of you have it. You have a free ticket to paradise. And that was secure for what Jesus did on the cross. He said that we have to pick our cross up daily. That's not a physical cross. Not like Jesus carried. The cross of your burdens is not. If you just ask God to help you through those burdens, believe me, he will take that yoke because his neck is heavy. It is the word of God that offers us that angel escort to the Lord's table instead of eternal torment. 
promised future with our risen king also can provide us to enduring hope when we face our own immortality until the day Jesus comes or he calls us home. We're seeing it right now. We're seeing it. I was talking to Elder this morning. We were talking about global warming. And how man, not God, how man has destroyed this planet. It's a fact. 70 degrees in Antarctica. Melting ice caps. A hurricane in Canada. Who ever heard of a hurricane in Canada? If we don't see that he is about to come back to take what's his, then we need to get into, on, into Jesus now. You have to make that move today. Because when he comes back, it's just going to be like today when um, the rich man wanted to tell his friends to go over and talk to Lazarus. Once that line, you go on one side or on the other, you cannot cross that other line. It's done. There's no coming back. There's no turning back. When God comes back and we are supposed to go up with him, the ones that are down there, all of a sudden are going to believe. There's still going to be nobody. So I urge you today to, to get into his marvelously. Read his word. Talk to him. I'm living proof. I've changed my life. And I've still got a lot of changes to do. And I still got a lot of work to do. And it's a constant struggle every day. But we know this. We can go through this together. We're all God's people. Our promised future, as I said, with our risen king, well, it provides us hope and we face our immortality until he comes to us. Either way, if we become who God has called us to be, we will all finally see the light. The light of the world. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. He is the healer. It doesn't matter what you have done in your life. I'm here to tell you, it does not matter. You ask for forgiveness. You repent of your sins. And ask Jesus to take control of your life. He will. And he will help you. He will show you the light. He will lead you to eternity with him. Your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life will never be removed. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, how we praise and thank you for all your goodness, your grace, and long-suffering patience towards us saved by grace and faith in Christ. Thank you for the scriptures and the truth they contain. We thank you 
for opening our eyes to believe the truth your word teaches. Jesus name we pray. Amen. And I did say I wonder if anybody here wants Jesus to be their personal Lord and Savior. Step forward and proclaim him as your Savior. Welcome into the family. Thank you, everyone, today. Let's give God a big hand praise this morning. Amen. Amen. It's on the bottom. Amen. What a word. Let's give another hand clap and recognition for Pastor Stanley. Um, before we move on, God has placed something on Elder Carmella's heart that she needs to share with these people. So, Arthur, That word that comes to this day, you know, I have no idea 
what Pastor Stephen message was going to be about. And it just so happened I shared the experience that me and my wife had with the, with the gentleman who was sitting outside the store homeless with no place to go. And how she reached out, we both reached out our hand to give him word and deed. You know, and, and that's what God is calling each and every one of us to. And that's what Pastor Stephen was reminding us of. We are the light. We're connected to the light. But we have to do our part. And each and every one of us have a part to play. God is calling each and every one of us to some people, some places, and some situations that only we can reach. Only we. And it's not about where you've been. It's where you're going. He's not worried about what you've done in the past. As I just said, you repent, you're not doing it no more, you're moving forward. He spoke about his alcoholism and how he, he was able to get past that through God's help. There's some things that we can't get past because we can't do it on our own. If we could do it on our own, it wouldn't be an issue. Right. So we need his help. He's placed people in our lives that will help us. I see Bishop here, he's here with a group of his people who he has created an outlet for them, a helping hand to move from one place to another place, to move them forward, to give them a place to start. You know, and what happens is too often we try to do everything for everyone. And, and, and this is an issue for the, for the body of Christ because we try to do more than what God is calling us to, to do. Say that again. Each and every one of us have a purpose and a place and a position to do. And we just need to do that and do it well. <clears throat> you know, we got to trust God with that and allow him to, to move us to that next level. So as Elvis said, like we, we pray that all who are here have, and, and who seeking that new relationship, that new beginning has, has sought in their heart to repent to ask the Lord for forgiveness, ask me how I know because I was wrong. 13 years in prison. 13 years in prison. You know, with, with no idea what was going to be next. But I had to repent because I thought God couldn't use me. I thought I had no place based off of what the world says. But when I got into his word, I found that God can use me, but it's about me repenting and not doing it again, making a change in my life, and that's the same thing for each and every one of you here. We're at this point in our lives because we, we decided to make a change, and it might, we might not be where we want to be yet. I say this to you, yet, but if you keep pressing, you keep trusting what God is calling you to do. You're going to see some of that glorious light that he was just speaking about. And as you keep continuing moving forward and forward, that light gets brighter and brighter. So I ask you here today, we're making another altar call. If God has called you here and there's something on your heart that you need to repent for, we ask you to come. Let us pray with you. Let us stand in a gap with you so we can move forward. Because we need you all in the kingdom. Because you have a place and a purpose in God's house. Amen? Amen. So if those of you who, who want to stand here at the altar that we can pray with you, we call you to come forward. And if not, it's okay. It's okay. God knows what you need.
Amen. Amen. Because, look, we need help. He said somebody reached out to him. Somebody reached out to me to help God and direct me to show me something different. I thank God for Pastor Way. I thank God for Elder Pastor Boone, my faith office family, because they helped God and direct me to show me that I don't have to be stuck where I'm at. To show me something different. So those of you who want us to stand in the gap with you, who are looking to move forward with God, we ask you to come forward. Come forward and let us stand in the gap together. Let us move forward and what God has told us to do. Because where you at now, man, this is far from where you're going to be. Next year, next week, we just got to continue to press forward. Amen. Come on, man. Amen. So, and, 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 and God has placed on your heart that you want to be a part of what we're doing here at Harvest. Like I said, it's not just about this one body. It's the bodies that's connected. We are the church. And each and every one of us play a part. And God is connecting us to, from one body to the next. And each one of us belongs here. We are stronger together. And that's what, the, that's what the kingdom is about. That's what the kingdom is about. And that's what God has called us to. So if God placed on your heart to join, link up here with Harvest, we ask you to come forward too. We ask you to step forward. Amen. Amen. And, and so, so God is doing a new thing here at Harvest. I'm telling you. And, and the, the more we grab hold of it, the more we recognize what he's doing, the more you'll be able to see yourself in it. Amen? Amen? So with that, I'm going to ask Pastor Stedman, because this was his work. God placed it on his heart. I ask him to pray for each and every one of us here right now as we stand in the gap. And I'm going to